In life, we have two choices, to experience or to exist. Every week, each of us makes that choice. To either seek a better way to live or to get by. Walk alongside me each week on the Strive, Seek, Find podcast as we continue to seek our own brilliant future. Welcome to the Strive, Seek, Find podcast. I'm your host, Chance Whitmore. So, life around here is the most normal that we've had around my house in the last several years. The latest sign of this is that everyone, and I do mean everyone, has activities. Basketball, dance, ballet and tap, and martial arts. My eldest is already groaning at my kung fu jokes. And rightfully so. So when we had a moment to sneak away this weekend for an hour, we ran with it. What we were supposed to be doing was a quick out and back. Amy has three wine club memberships. And we haven't been out there to pick them up in a while. So plans change. We moved from quick out and back turned into a sit-down-and-discuss while tasting at one of our wonderful local wineries. For our non-Idaho listeners out there, the southwest region of Idaho has a thriving wine scene, especially out in what is known as the Sunny Slope area, west of Boise, and west of where I live in Caldwell. We were visiting Scoria's Sunny Slope Tasting Room, and it's an always welcoming location, and today was no exception. Warm and inviting, Rachel, our server, made it an experience that was top-notch. Now, let's get started. So today we are at Scoria, and we are checking out their wine list today, and we're trying the 2019 Estate Dry Rosé. So, what Amy is forgetting to mention is we are hitting a bunch of places that she likes and is a member of, and this is the first time we've had a chance to be in for inside and without other people in about two years. Oh man, it's been a long while. <laughs> so we thought we were we were going to run out here, do this, and of course, if you're picking up the club vino, you've got to taste the new vino. Yay! So, we love the new vino. <laughs> this one is a hundred percent Merlot blend, and I have found that while. I thought I didn't like rosés as a general rule. I do like the 100% varietal rosés, and so I'm learning that I actually do like rosés. I'm just pickier than I thought. Well, and I'm learning I like wine. (laughs) I'm just pickier than I thought. (laughs) Okay. So, dear, we've heard you talk about what you like about different whiskeys and whatnot. What is it about wines that keep you coming back? Because I will say that uh, if anybody has seen a picture out there that listens to the podcast of my liquor cabinet, they will recognize the fact that there is a tremendous number of wine bottles on the bottom. There's a little <laughs> collection going on. So could you explain the appeal of having, collecting, tasting wine? <laughs> Okay, well, where do I start? Um, I love 
different kinds of wines because each one has such a very unique flavor profile. And what I find interesting about wines is that the years are different. And so you could like a, say, uh, well, we just did the rosé. Say you like the 2019 rosé that's 100% uh, Merlot, but it has a different flavor profile and um, smelling profile. I don't know what that's, olfactory or something like that, something fancy. But anyway, um, it would actually taste very different from another year because the grapes are harvested. Um, and so many environmental factors. Right. I was going to say yes. And Water, so, year, heat. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And so, uh, depending, like, I, I want to say 2012 was a really great year for wine because it was a really hot, dry summer. And so the, the grapes were harvested um, and were a little sweeter because of that, because of the heat. And so um, they taste different. And in the same year, grapes taste different depending on where they're grown and so or what they're grown by and so they will have a different fl uh, flavor because of that and because we're over here by the sunny slope we have a lot of volcanic activity in our ground around here and so it actually has a different flavor here than it does say in Walla Walla or in Oregon or in Washington or other other places I've tried from. Isn't this winery named after that fact? Uh, yeah, Scoria actually is, I think, um, isn't it the the volcanic rock, the name of it? And so that's kind of cool that they have we're, named it after that. We're actually sitting next to a wine bar that is a metal cage filled to the brim with wine rocks as we, as we sit. It looks like pumice. What are we trying tasting now? So this is a 2019 Chardonnay from Scoria, and it is... It's very buttery. Very dry. And I'm There's I'm a, looking for the pear that she... I didn't catch any pear. I got a little bit of vinegar at the end. I, okay, I get pear with the aftertaste. After, I, after I've taken a sip... Can you taste it in the back of your mouth? No, but no? I don't okay. like pears that much. So I, I kind of like pears, but they're kind of a once-in-a-while thing. Really buttery though. I it like is. that. It's a good wine. And I'm not and I'm not a huge Chardonnay fan, so anytime I find a Chardonnay that I like, I'm like, ooh, this is good. <laughs> I'm usually a red a red wine club member of most places. Um, but most of the places that I am a wine club member at, I also like their whites. <laughs> and a lot of the places that you're a member of right now are small enough that you can't just be a red member because they, they, they may not have enough red to go around or to fill the, the club orders. Actually, that's not true. All really? three of them. Nope, all three of them, they can fill the orders for either white or red. Then I am wrong. <laughs> yeah, I know because um, usually I'm a red club member and Katrina is a white club member, usually. <laughs> so I was just thinking, wine tasting has changed for us. Once upon a time, we'll say pre-kids, let's just say that, we'd go out, 
you would be we'd be all dressed up it was romantic it was a date it was a date i would pick up i would hope they would have a beer and drink water if not amy would drink the wine and we would talk about the future now we sit here and we talk about what we're going to have the kids do this week or what's coming up it's not nearly as romantic but we still get to have wine <laughs> we don't dress up <laughs> but we'd get to do it without the kids <laughs> so hey, it's still a date <laughs> my spider-man t-shirt is dressing up on the weekend <laughs> well i guess you could say baby yoda kind of fits the theme then you know we're we're kind of we got superheroes and star wars <laughs> again we're at Scoria, we yes we're at scoria winery and they just gave us the opportunity to try uh where amy is a member a we got the cab the 2000 we have a 2018 estate cab sauvignon and then we have a reserve here from the same year so we're doing a side-by-side taste test so i'm going to let amy start now that the wine is set for a minute Okay, I'm going to smell both of them. Hang on. Okay, so I kind of get a light cherry, like dark cherry, kind of a light mm-hmm. cherry. And I get a little bit more smoke, more tannins, I think, from this one. Smell this one. I was getting, like, you know, I was getting a sense of, off that uh, estate, that the uh, what reminded me of is a whiskey with... It's been aged in sherry barrels for some reason. Hmm. Oh, this is much more fruity, though, to me. Yeah. No, I'm still waiting my turn to taste them because we're still smelling. Amy just hits. Okay, I, I tried the first one. Really round-bodied flavor. Has a lot of cherry, dark cherry flavors. Almost kind of a plummy taste. What's your take on it? It's very fruit forward, and, but it is full bodied and I'm trying to think of what it. It's tart in the back of the mouth. Tart in the back of the mouth doesn't, but it doesn't. Not so much it dries out the mouth. True. It's a very drinkable wine. I, this would be good with a like a ribeye with something with a lot mm-hmm. of fat in it. Okay, the reserve one is dry. Try this one. Okay, this one is more the leather. <laughs> this one leaves kind of a, a dry tongue and a, and a drier taste in the back of the mouth. Um, really good, but just a very different mouth feel. This one I would want with smoked meats. Yeah, this one this one can hold up to a to a heftier piece of meat. I mean, you do this with when we do tri tip or um, even like I'm trying to even think like. Uh, brisket maybe would be a good one right this. yeah this one um has more of a if i were to equate it to colors this one's purple headed to brown this one has a much more ripeness to it does that make sense not not uh brown is in too ripe but brown as in more leather <laughs> let me try the other one again Yeah, this other one is much more on the red spectrum. This one is a little, is much lighter, more acidic. It's hard. That's also one of the things that I love about wine is that it makes you associate with what foods it would go with. And I love to do wine tastings that are paired with foods when they do hors d'oeuvres and things like that to go with it because it is amazing 
it is such a different experience to try it with certain different foods. Just like uh, scotch is really good with like pecans and things like that. Wine is fantastic paired with the correct food. And even wines that you're not a big fan of, if it's paired correctly, it's phenomenal. It's amazing. Come to think of it, wasn't the last time we were out here for an official tasting, wasn't our, our friends the Horsewoods uh, oh, catering? Yes. yes. Yeah, the cater- they, they were catering and they had created little bento boxes. And there was a little bite-sized bite to go with each of the wine tastings that day. And it was such an amazing experience. It was great. And I think we're going to pause for just a second and finish this wine up, and we'll be right back. So what do you think between the two guys? They are so different. And so good. They, yeah, yeah, I was going to say incredibly different. Both really, really nice, really drinkable. A um, lot more acidic and red on that one. A lot more smoky. New, this is the, the new one. one. Yeah. A lot more fruit forward in the newer yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, next one is our Merlot. Out of all of our reds, I feel like this one has pulled the most minerality out of the rocks that oh. goes into a lot okay. of earth tones on this one. Okay. What, what year did this, the, I'm trying to remember, what year did this wine reopen open out? We opened the tasting room in 16. 16. So we put the first okay. grapes in the ground in 14. That's okay. right. Okay. All right. Enjoy. Thank you very much. Fun fact, we have been a member here since, or Amy has been a member here, (laughs) since we first stopped in on her 40th birthday. Oh dear. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) And other fun fact, I will now be sleeping in the garage for the next two weeks. (laughs) So one of the cool things is if you can visit the tasting room here at Scoria, they have a tremendously... um, picturesque light fixture in the middle of the room and I forget the story about it but it's actually a handmade um, light fixture that they pulled from the east coast I want to say from it was from somewhere big oh man I'm gonna butcher it but anyway they um they were demolishing it and they and because they knew the people that created the light fixtures they actually got it and had it installed here it is breathtakingly beautiful it is so out of place in uh idaho of all places it's kind of one of those places you walk into and you're like whoa i've kind of stepped into a little you know fancy place here (laughs) to set the stage so it makes sense this is a metal farm barn basically it's a shed from the outside it's a white metal shed and then you and half of it is storage but then you step into the tasting room and it, it, it is very lot, modern, very modern, sleek, sleek, a lot of stainless steel, a lot of glass, uh, a lot of rock, uh, black on the walls and some just some wonderful uh, metal work. And, they and the, the pictures are all in black and white and just gorgeous. Yeah. They have um, the Snake River Valley carved out of the tables and then the carvings set out onto the um, wall as picture displays. It's really quite fascinating. The light fixture itself is a huge bell and it's black on the exterior and then it is it glows red from the interior. It really is eye-catching. And then of course the scoria uh, rock is around the exterior of the hostess um, area and so you get to actually see the scoria which is all set up and it's really nice and they are so friendly here. 
We are trying the Estate Merlot, and I'm not, I've never been a huge Merlot fan. It's growing on me. Um, it is one that, it's a little dry in my mouth. Yes, but me, I can but totally see the, what she said when she mentioned minerality. Mm-hmm. I can taste. It's like there's a little, not a bad metallic finish, but you can. There's a there's a little bit of metallic in it that you get from from the back end of the wine. That's a that's a good way to put it. I like that. That's a great description. It's not a bitter wine. It's just what. Where my favorite wine is, okay, honey, you're going to have to help me. What's my favorite wine? You, you love Tempranillos. Tempranillos. So I like that kind of, that, that it's a fairly bold red, right? Mm-hmm, it is. This one, this wine seems, ends up being, by comparison, fairly thin to me. Yes. But that's the style. Yes, that is very true. Um, and I'm, I'm gaining an appreciation for Merlot, but it is not my go-to. But I've also been told that it depends on what I pair it with. And so we just we need to find a, a pairing that we like for Merlot. <laughs> All right, so now we have the 2017 Estate Petit Verdot and the 2018 Estate Petit Verdot. We're doing a side-by-side again. And they were saying that they used new new oak on the 2017s. Yes. And they used old oak on the 2018s. And this is another connection to the whiskey world. I mean, I was just watching uh, the uh, documentaries on both bourbon and scotch, two different documentaries last night, and just watching these guys go off about these same oak barrels that they use in the aging process. So it's interesting the the role that plays in wine and spirits so the 2018 actually i get a lot more fruit from it she said we would and i actually smell Uh it you can smell it right off the bat yeah that's interesting okay so i'm going to try the 17 think I don't know why I always think green when I think petite Verdot and I, I don't think either of those words mean green <laughs> but that's what I think of I don't know why this one's buttery to me yeah I get butter but I get I get green I don't know why Ooh, interestingly enough I don't feel I don't think of the color green when I try the 2018 a lot more tannic. Yeah, a lot more tannic to it, a lot more fruit to it. More fruit forward, uh, rounder, more bold flavor. And they're both good wines, but I definitely will say right now that just with one sip, I prefer the 17. Oh, really? I do. I like the spiciness. Oh, really? Yeah, because I actually prefer the 18. Well, That's then I'm going to hand you the 18. Okay. You take uh, the 17, I'm... and I'm going to finish the, the one I like. <laughs> okay. I'm going to try the 17 one more time. Yeah, I still think the color green. <laughs> kind of feel like That's I need to make a, uh, a Lord of the Rings joke and say my precious or something as I'm going grabbing for the one I like better. <laughs> we don't have any more back on the menu right now. Oh, it's a lot of the 18. So this right. one, it has a few more months to go in these barrels before we start, start bottling it. We're hoping to bottle it sometime in. January this winter sometime. Okay. And then we're also hoping that it will be part of the spring release. Oh, oh that's wow. awesome. 
That's so awesome. It, it still has some time in these. It's 100% um, American oak. Is it, is it American white oak or is it just a, overall? You know? Oh, you know, I don't know more details than that. Okay. okay. I've just been watching a lot of documentaries regarding scotch and bourbon right now yeah. and just have been hearing the words white oak a lot. Oh, so I'm awesome. curious. I do like I do like Malbecs as a general rule, though. <laughs> and this is a barrel tasting, so this hasn't even been bottled yet. This is awesome. So how how should it develop then between now and April? It'll just continue to soften. Okay, okay. Because, because the finish on it is it's a little bit fuzzy. Mm -hmm. Is that the right word? I don't know, but it makes sense. I don't generally like Malbecs, but uh, this is really good. Really? I really like Malbecs. And so, actually, I <laughs> I don't know if you guys could hear over there, but I asked her, I said, so why why are we keeping it in the barrel till April? Because I really like it now. But she says it will soften between now and then. This is a weird, you know, but this reminds me, the finish on it reminds me of tea. Really? Yeah. Okay, I'm looking for it. It does have a tea leaf kind of bitterness in the back. Not not good British tea, no, but like uh -uh. iced tea. Yeah, kind of a, yeah. Interesting. Um, it kind of fizzes in the back of my throat. It kind of, does that make sense? Is that a, I don't know if that's a term, but it kind of has an effervescence to it that... It's lighter than most small bucks, I think. It's just... It's very smooth, other than you can tell the, the, the end notes are going to smooth out by the Right, end. yeah, yeah. That's going to be a good Malbec, though. Oh, yeah, and I'm, I'm going to just shout these guys out one more time. Thank you, Scoria, for rolling out the red carpet when we just dropped by randomly. Yeah, and this is also, uh, the wineries on the sunny slope here are fantastic um, but do pay attention if you have a group of six or more because they do appreciate a heads up so that that way they have enough servers to catch everyone a bus just arrived and you notice <laughs> yeah. but they are prepared they knew they were coming and um, but yeah it is one of those things that that uh, if you can avoid the crowd it's always nice too and if you live out here you go you, in the summers you avoid going on the weekends go right when they open up you have a lot of time and to yourself with your server and can learn a whole lot about the wines they serve out here. And sometimes you even get to talk to the people who actually make the wine, which is really fantastic too. All of those good wines and getting to try a barrel tasting for the first time was a wonderful new experience for me. I put the website for Scory on the Strive Seek Find page on Facebook. Worth mentioning, today I'm digging back into one of my favorite YouTube channels. This case, Joe Scott's Answer with Joe. The episode in question, this battery could drive a car 1,500 miles, but there's a catch. Deals with the possibilities that are currently out there for aluminum air batteries. As always, the channel is well-researched, engaging, and thoughtful. Joe shows the true enjoyment of science while discussing it in an understandable manner. This episode brings in some of those truly interesting possibilities, and that alone makes it worth mentioning. And that concludes this edition of Strive, Seek, Find. Thank you for listening. 
If you enjoyed the episode or would just like to support the podcast, here are a few ways you can do it. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. It will help bring more listeners to the podcast. If that isn't your style, you can buy me a coffee or purchase some merch. Links are in the podcast description. Finally, if you have ideas or feedback, please reach out to the Strive Seek Find page on Facebook or to at Chance Whitmore 5 on Twitter. Until next time, keep seeking your own brilliant future. Have a great day.